I V M. The journeys of creators and entrepreneurs hold a ton of insights and learnings for all of us to dig into. So when the journeys of an entrepreneur and creator, it's a whole lot richer and infinitely more insightful. So in this special 150th episode of Advertising is Dead, I'm speaking to pastry chef, creator, podcaster, author, and founder and CEO of Low 15 Patisserie, Pooja Dhingra, on her entrepreneurial and creator journeys and understand how she does what she does and how we can all learn from it. I'm Varun Dugirala. And we ride back with Pooja Dingra on our 150th episode. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. Catch you right after the break. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. Uh, we're talking to Pooja. Hi Pooja, welcome to um, Advertising is Dead. I, I can't believe I haven't called you on this podcast yet. Hi, thank you for having me. 150th episode. Yes, 150th episode. I feel very special. Thank you. You know, I was sitting on saying, okay, you know, I've always had this thing about, okay, what do you do? And these like 50, 100, 150. And I've realized that what I, what I really have come down to saying, I want to have, bring conversations, which I know that I'm going to be super comfortable with, but also, which I'm like, why have I not done this before? Like it's, it's that now, like, why have I not done this? Because I think 150 is too late to get you onto this podcast. Uh, and I'm happy I finally got you on. Uh, because you and I have spoken about a lot of things. You and I have spoken about being an entrepreneur, content creator. I have bugged you at random times uh, asking you, but once again, I'm doing this content piece, but there's also a business. How do I make them merge together? And, and the most important question, how do we make our podcast make money? <laughs> exactly. How do you make our podcast make money? Most important question for all. How do you make money? I think is something every content creator is, is fully sitting and saying, how do we do this? I want to kind of start off by doing a bit of like a, a rewind, right? Was this always what you wanted to do? Was the aim always to work in the pastry side of things, food side of things? The creator part will bring in later, um, but more from the entrepreneur side, has this always been a focus? <laughs> so I think that, you know, growing up, baking was always a passion. It was always something that I did. Whether it would be my career or not was, you know, not something that I was sure of. Um, I always had these dreams of, you know, owning a cafe, being in the F&B business. Uh, my dad is an entrepreneur and has built his business from scratch. So I knew that I didn't want to do a job anywhere. I knew that mm. I wanted to build my own business. Um, for a brief moment, I went to law school. Um, did that for... What? Yeah, when I was 16, 17. I don't know, somehow I was like, okay, I should go to law school and then I'll figure what I want to do. And I went to law school for two weeks. I saw the books and, you know, like when, when you know something is so wrong for you, mm. And I went and had the conversation with my parents, told them that I don't want to do this. And then that led me to hospitality. So, yeah, I mean, I always knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship business in some format. Um, and, you know, the pastry came to me like that tube light, that, that bulb that went off saying this, mm. is, this is what sh- that happened in actually hospitality school in Switzerland. Yeah, I can't picture you as a lawyer. Um, somehow there's a <laughs> part of me which is like a bad lawyer. <laughs> nicest lawyer ever. No, it's okay. Let's agree to all clauses and move on. <laughs> what will happen? You know, what you just said about the fact that I think that what we're surrounded by many times when we're growing up also in many ways, you know, you know directs us towards direction in what we want, want to do, right? I mean, it's almost like there's that slight nudge. And then if you realize the nudge suddenly catches on, um, like, I had that nudge towards, do you want to be a doctor when I was growing up and did not work. Uh, like till one day my father heard a thud next to him and looked aside and I was in theater next to him and I had fallen flat because I saw blood. Mm. So definitely not going to be a doctor is what he realized. But 
uh, when you kind of leave that circle and you go into let's say you know like you went to hospitality school and, and and stuff there are also things that you learn about the space which you might not have really known about so what was that period like and so you no know, because there would have been certain things that have gotten instilled in you during that period which which kind of brought you to where you are so what were those oh that is such a good question because i was 17 and i was like i'll do hospitality i had no hmm. idea what hospitality meant and yeah. um, so you know i went to switzerland and luckily my brother studied with me so both of us were together so it wasn't as alone like new country mm. new language it was i mean it was a great experience because for once it was like i got to be who i wanted to be there was no like preconceived yeah. notion of this is pooja because when you grow up in bombay and you know everyone has this idea of who you are and what you're going to end up doing now i was like i can be myself which was great for me but it was also just understanding the industry right like i didn't mm. realize everyone is like oh i love food i should open a restaurant i love drinking i should open a bar without realizing what the yeah. back end work of that is and for me that was the realization right we'd start our days at 6 am we'd start with breakfast service and by the time we would finish i would come home you know it's like you're standing for 14 15 hours but then you come home you're like exhausted and you're dead you spend all like you know you went through different departments so understanding mm. what that meant like hotel management what does that mean and yeah, um, yeah it was like a it was like a big the first 6 months was just breaking me into that and being like oh this is what i've signed up for and then after you know i got used to it is is when i actually fell in love with it and i'm like oh i love this aspect of it and maybe i don't like this that much but i prefer mm-hmm. this and you know so it, it all kind of came together you know and if you fast forward from then to when you when did you become a content creator in your yeah. i think that i i'm going to pick these two because i think that's the both you starting know, points what is a, even a content creator i don't know so for me it was always i love documenting things right right from my childhood like if you go through you know one of my 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 childhood best friends came over the other day and we were going through all these old photographs that we have from school and i was that person in school in the 5th and 6th grade who would get a camera and like just randomly take pictures and my friend is going through these albums and she's like you realize this is not a special occasion it's not like this is an album of a birthday party this, this is, is an instagram feed this is a friday night in your house <laughs> you know like we've all we're all just chilling like you know like this is so i've always been that person i've always been the mm. person who loves memories and you know very emotional and kind of taking all of that in so for me finding a platform like instagram was just like second nature it always it was mm. almost like documenting uh, my life my day oh this is what i'm doing now this is what i'm baking now and for many years you know it was like maybe a lot because i was like out of control i was posting mm. a lot and i was doing everything and all my friends were like this you know this is too much but i was like this is just me representing yeah. who i am through uh, you know this and uh, it, it things compound right so now it's been 11 years of doing that i don't know when uh, someone the other day in an interview called me a content creator and a chef i was like oh i didn't know when that switch happened yeah when that switch happened yeah so um, yeah i just embrace it now i love it i feel like i document my day i distill everything that happens around me and i showcase what i do for a living it gets challenging when especially last year when work stopped i had to ask mm. these questions because for me it was so incidental right it was just mm. part of my job and it was what i was doing and then when my job stopped i was like oh what am i now so yeah, yeah i've been through that whole journey of what is content creation you know you mentioned last year right and and i want to get that because i know that there's there's been i mean you've been through a journey not just like through your entire to love 15 but also the last cup i think the last year has been a another entire journey for you in that sense but just before that, i want to ask you that when you set up what did you what did you want to set up let's let's start with that like how do you kind of start off by saying okay i, I know i've done this i i've i've studied hospitality now i've always wanted that cafe i always wanted to do stuff around 
pastries and and, and everything else and macaroons i'm i'm guessing is is has is obviously the which i have and i will thank you for sending some of those i have i have just finishing the entire box but what was that starting point like what did you set out to do and how did that evolve over time so i basically before i moved to paris so i went to switzerland i went to the you know that's when i realized i want to do pastry i came back to india and i went to my parents and i was just like i wanted to live in europe i was you know young in love whatever i wanted to be there so i mm. went and told them that i have a plan i will mm. go study pastry in in france and i will come back and i will open this chain of patisseries i will have a central kitchen and i will open these stalls not like i don't even know how they believed me but they believed mm. me and i went to paris and you know i ate the macaroon and all of that the concept kind of started becoming clearer when i was away but the minute i came back it's almost as if like i had the blueprint of what i wanted to do ready in front of me mm. and i was you know when you're young people always say like oh inexperience is bad i think in my case the fact that i was so inexperienced actually worked in my favor because yeah. i didn't know the limits of what i could and could not achieve so at 23 i was like i can do everything you know i yeah. can do this also i can be that also there's no like who are you it's like what do you want to do and who do you want to be to achieve that right so i still remember the pastry landscape 12 years ago was very different in the country we didn't have i came in you know i was also right place right time i had a book mm. i didn't have a business plan but i had a book mm. which i knew was going to be the direction in which i wanted to go i read like this uh, and also for first time entrepreneurs who really want to get started there's this book called the high performance entrepreneur by subroto mm. bhatt one of my favorite books and i gift it to people when they set out on their own so it's a very special book to me uh but i read that and i was fully in the zone of i want to start my business etc so i i i had this you know this book in which i would cut up images for magazines so it would be mm. images of pastry shops it would be merchandise it would be what the display counter would look like it would be pictures of the people that i wanted as customers so i would you know like i i went in and i took out all these things it would be pictures of uh, you know awards i wanted to win it was it was yeah. you know and like 10 11 years ago what was manifestation and what was visualization yeah. and i just knew that okay this is what i want to do and i made that plan and i kept it aside i didn't really it wasn't something that i looked at or anything but i just knew that i had to keep working every day and eventually i would get somewhere there and you know like 5 years into love 15 i think every part of that book was pretty much done you know and i was like oh it's time to make a new book now there are a couple of things i pick up from the red one is this people have this notion that you need to know exactly what you do before you kick it off and it's not even winging it it's almost like okay now let me just see where this goes i think isn't given enough prominence because honestly that's that was my journey as well that glitch we didn't know what glitch was going to be like we we're two guys who quit our jobs saying okay let's see what we let's do something fun literally out of the business plan what let's do something fun but what i like about what you just said is there's that layer of let's put a scrapbook down almost of, of all the things i want as elements you're not saying this is the plan you're saying i would love to have all of these together and 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 while you're saying this i, I remembered you have in that in a sense what you said is actually how spielberg builds his movies steven spielberg has this system where he says what think about it like <laughs> steven spielberg has this system where he takes all the scenes he would love to have in a movie and he puts them down on a, on on a sheet so when he's writing the movie he's throwing those in there like when he's writing india jones he's like oh i'd love to have him being chased by a, a really large rock that would be a great visual mm-hmm. now somewhere in between writing the movie okay this let's drop that scene in here um so in that sense you don't necessarily have to have you'll have need to have all the moments you want all the things you want but i really like that part and i think that that's one core thing many people can take off from um and obviously the the book didn't have what last year brought about right obviously oh i don't think um, any book in the world would ever have had yeah exactly right yeah um and 
So tell me about that period, because I know that uh, because I I do know you personally as well. I do know that you went through yeah many questions, and it's for more for and also for across all entrepreneurs. Anybody you know, they were the questions that kind of come up exactly like what you were faced with. And how do you kind of work around? How do you move ahead from that? So to be very honest, you know, last year around March was when Low Fifteen actually completed ten years, you know, in the mm-hmm. business, and it was the first time I was like. Hey, you know what? We finished ten years. You're a profitable company. You're a growing company. You should be proud of yourself. So, first yeah. of March, I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> little did I know, uh, by the end of middle Somebody or end of somebody came March, from behind and said, "Hey!" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At least when you least expect it, right? Like I was. Yeah. It's like you've studied for one paper, and you know, like you've, you you're ready for it. And you go there, and this is a completely different. You know, the question yeah. changed completely. So yeah. that was the feeling I had. Um, it was. a very um lonely experience because we were all isolated at home and you had to make all these mm. big decisions alone i felt like um there were many at least the first few weeks there was so much confusion because you didn't know you know the reality of what was hitting us and how this would pan out in the longer picture obviously the fnb business was very badly hit and we are a business that relies on our cash flows we are not like a tech yeah. company like i would speak to my friends i remember calling suchita and she's like yeah i have 18 month runway i was like 18 months runway you know it's going to be tough in 2 months for us to pay rent and pay salaries yeah. etc like it's going to get challenging yeah. and at that point you know even raising money from the market was a little bit no one was putting their money because there was so much uncertainty and no one was putting money in food because they were like let's just wait and see how things will pan out etc so it was mm-hmm. tough because i knew that i had to you know i mean i had for the first time in my life i had like a pros and cons list i never do it but for the first mm-hmm. time i had a pros and cons list of keeping low 15 and shutting it down completely right mm-hmm. something that you built with your whole heart but you know yeah. 10 years i like i've made all sacrifices built everything for 10 years towards this and suddenly it could all go away so it was a time of asking really tough questions it was a time of uh you know who am i if i'm not this person uh, it was very spiritual in a way you mm. know this whole experience and i think a lot of people went through that right they went through asking yeah. themselves hard questions and um, at the end of it you know i just after like many weeks of just crying in one corner looking at excel sheets i said you know what let's just do what we can i i work with a leadership coach who's mm. often you know who who tells me to look for the the opportunity in the crisis so as mm. i said is i'm faced with probably one of the biggest crises my business could ever be faced with i have to shut down half the business but what can i do to kind of salvage it a little bit mm. and the love that i saw you know when i announced that i was shutting the cafe the love that i saw from people i was like wow the, i mm. knew that i built something that i love but to see like thousands and thousands of messages pouring in so we we took that we made a cafe cookbook we made another you know book which helped us survive and in that whole process i think i kind of figured you know what's the next best step what do i do mm-hmm. next and i think that's what you were talking about right now you don't need to have a full concrete plan in front of you but just what's the next best thing and that's i kept mm-hmm. doing that i was just like i remember talking to you and i was just like one day at a time one day at a time yeah. Today, yeah. Over. today was a good day let's wait for tomorrow that's that's yeah. what last year was like and also you took that time to because i was running through your book right and and as i was running through it i was like this is almost like you took 
sometimes when you are in a situation like this, you kind of go back to why did you start doing this in the first place? And then in many ways, your book feels like that. Your book feels like you went back to saying, this is why I, I wanted to do this. So this is, the, this is almost like ground zero of my entire motivation to do it. So um, when do you start working on it? I know that you've written multiple books, but uh, this one feels a little extra special. This one is extra special. Like all the other books, right? They followed a very specific theme. So it was about like easy baking for the Indian home kitchen or healthy baking or eggless baking. This one, I was like, why am I baking? You know, like, and mm. the pandemic happened and suddenly everyone was baking banana bread and making sourdough. Yeah. So yeah. what is so magical about baking that makes you feel like you have some control and you have mm. some like, um, you know, comfort and joy in a time that is so uncertain and you don't know what's happening around you. So for me, it was really, I was, I almost felt like I was 23 again, right? I was back in mm. my parents' home kitchen. I was in pajamas all day. There was nothing yeah. else. You know, I was baking like, you know, like I have a 5,000 square foot professional kitchen here with like mm. a 60 people team that can do anything yeah. that I want. And now I was at home with no ingredients. Suddenly you couldn't find butter was out of stock and sugar was not available. So I was yeah. like, what is in my pantry? What can I do with this? And it just became yeah. a, um, you know, when you, when, when you're passionate about something and it becomes your profession mm. over the course of 10 years, that passion kind of starts fading a little bit in the day to day. Right. So for me, it was just about like, Oh, why do I really do this? If I quit. And I, and one of the things I thought of, right. I thought I'll, mm. I'll just stop this altogether and I could be a content creator. Right. I'll just, yeah. Maybe yeah, get you had a podcast, you were doing content. And- yeah, so I was like, I'll become, you know, I'll get into the content business and take that up full time and all of that. So I went through all phases and, and this book was just like, it was born out of this. No, this is my journey as, as Pooja, right? It's not in isolation. Mm. Recipes not going to make any sense. But this yeah. is what defines me. This is my relationship with food. This is my relationship with baking. And yeah, man, it's it's really personal. And I was very nervous to to write it and put it out. And the thing is, when you're in your room, you know, like when you're writing this in the middle of the night and no one is there, you just I'm like I'm talking to a friend, and now yeah. suddenly I'm like oh, everyone's read what that's like. <laughs> so it's yeah. it, no, it's it, but I'm happy that I did it. And that's what I, I find interesting about how you function, right? There is obviously there's the entrepreneur side of you. There is the chef side of you. Then there is the content creator. And I feel writing is in many ways very different from being a content creator because it's, it's it's a longer process. It's almost like, you know, you are in it and, you know, you're, it's almost like it becomes a part of your process. And at some point you don't even know when to stop or when to let it go and, and move ahead. So, um, and then there's also the podcast which you do, which is in many ways for me is different from regular content creation because it's not like you're documenting, you're actually doing that. And, um, and so when you look at all of these, how do you map your life around? Because this, this, and it's not about productivity, I guess. It's more about saying, how do you map it around to make sure that, you know, you're satisfied across all? So, so you know, I, I basically, I like to kind of go with the rhythm and flow of what I'm feeling like at that any given moment, right? And I like to view it as, um, you know, if, if, you, if you literally had to make a Venn diagram of your purpose and your strengths and where mm-hmm. that overlap, right? Wherever that overlaps for me is where I, can, where I grab my vision from. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what is it that I'm really good at? What do I feel like is my purpose? And how do I kind of, you know, I, I like I, it's the podcast, for example, right? It was yeah. not something that somebody told me to do. It wasn't something that I thought this will be great content. Let's create it. I just genuinely felt like there's as an entrepreneur, there's not, you know, as an Indian entrepreneur, there's not too many places I can go to where people are being real about their problem. You know, no one yeah. is saying this is tough. Everyone's like crushing it, killing it, fundraise, unicorn, IPO, like all of that. Yeah, yeah. Really? 
but like who's really talking about you know what happens when you work 16 hours and like you know something completely spirals and every day is yeah. spiral right yeah. so um it actually came out from that space so um i just kind of go with that sort of feeling and rhythm and flow and see okay what is it that i want to solve for next and i go with mm. that so um and i just truly enjoy it like there's no other i wouldn't do something if it was if it felt like this is work because yeah. i do have a day job all this other stuff kind of gives me the creativity and drives me and brings me back to putting in yeah. more into this you know so that's how i like to function I have a bunch more stuff to ask you, but I've been told that we need to go in for a break. Um, so we'll do that and be right back with advertising is dead. Welcome back to advertising is dead. We're still talking to Pooja. You know, one more piece where I really enjoy about how I think there's a there's a crossover that you've been able to do with your entrepreneurial side and your content creator side is that whenever I see a collab that you do, which is with a brand, it feels very like a content collab, but it's actually in a product. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's just the way I've seen it. I've, I've seen that. And I think that really works from a consumer side, right? So is there a process you go through when you say, okay, okay, like I know you did something with Bumble sometime back. And um, there's also the Diwali ones which have come, which are literally like almost like a Mithai ma- macaron version. Um, so what's your process like when, when you're doing, um, when you, cause you're bringing two things together. So what I do for my own, you know, social media, Instagram is, is, uh, you know, I divide that between what I do for Love 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Love 15 collaborations, like it's quite exciting. It's something that I've been doing since I started, you know, we've collaborated with designers from year one, whether it was Nachiket Barve, Masaba Gupta, mm-hmm. Nimish, yeah. all these people, right? So, um, the, the collaboration that we did now with Pavitra Rajaram, who used to be yeah. designer Good Earth is I'm such a big fan of her work. And yeah. I was like, how can you take and, and design and packaging at low 15 is something that, you know, I give a lot of my attention and yeah. focus to because I love to see that process. So uh, that just happened very organically. It was meant to happen three years ago and then pandemic happened and this mm. and that and then no money and all of that. So finally, it it, it it happened now. And I loved how it took shape and form and, and came to life. For my own, you know, collaborations, actually the Bumble one was super interesting because it was me plus low 15. And it yeah. Was really yeah. we've done some like these with Amazon. Um, and I think it's exciting to be in this space, right? Because I did something for Shark Tank and I'm just like, okay, this is great because this is, these are things that I truly love and enjoy in any yeah. Yeah. and if I can kind of weave my story in through with it it just yeah. and like you said right it doesn't seem like uh, Sotham it seems like okay this is yeah. organic and it's natural so yeah. I really want to I, I say I say no to a lot of things as well and, and that's one very important lesson and something that I learned a few years ago. And I was like, you don't have to say yes to everything that comes your way. Um, and it's very tempting when you're, you know, especially when you've gone through the pandemic and work yeah. really, you know, you're like, okay, I could use this, but just, you know, I feel like there has to be some alignment with your belief systems. And if that happens, then, you know, it's, it's really magical to see the end result. Yeah. Uh, you know, one more aspect, which is, which just keeps coming up is the fact that all content creators now in many ways are building businesses. So there's, there are two sides, right? One is you have a, you, you run, you're building a business and you become a content creator amplifier or you're a content creator who's building a business because that's the way to monetize and grow. Um, what's your system for making them work in a way that, you know, the, the content creation satisfies you, but also helps amplify the, the larger business goal. Yeah. So, you know, like uh, a few years ago, one of my investors was like, you spent too much time on Instagram. Mm. And now he's like, it's great that he spent so much time. <laughs> um, but the great, the, 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 the amazing thing is we've always kind of realized that 
um, you know, at low 15 or even with me that the brand was bigger than the business. And we were like, this is a great problem to have, right? For anyone. Like this is, this is, this is the one where you can reverse engineer and fix it really fast. So that's what we've been working on, right? For me, it's, it's amazing that I've been working on this for about 10 years and, you know, content creation kind of comes to me easy. And now I do actually have a business and a product that I can plug in. So how yeah. do I make both of the words collide? And we're doing a lot of that. So the next phase of Low 15 is about scaling that part of the business, yeah. uh, putting more of, you know, of that in. And so you, you'll see it in a few months. It's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah you're doing, um, when I say YouTube now, you're doing shows. You're, it's, it's like there is now an entire, like, there's there's the media empire and then there's the, there, there is the Low 15 empire. They both co- coexist. I'm going to be Oprah Winfrey. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And that's the exciting part of what, what most people don't get. And I, and, I, and I love the investor example because most people don't get the fact that the you are in a, in a sense, as a content creator, you build you you are a media network um, and you're building an audience and, and it can help you either plug in other people's products or you can, you can plug in your own product and it just seamlessly stays there as long as you're authentic, like you said, right? It, it doesn't feel like you know, if if you suddenly don't think for random example that you would suddenly post about, like if you were randomly doing toilet cleaner, that would be very off brand. It's hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, unless you're doing really, really like uh, other kind of uh, yeah. yeah. I've always been excited to do one of those. So I hope someone <laughs> reaches out saying, "Will you do a toilet cleaner?" I would do a toilet cleaner, right? This is the fun of it. I was like, <laughs> but that randomness aside, uh. No, I asked you that also because I think it's it's interesting to see how this whole thing is evolving. Um, you and I were on a on a panel sometime back, right? And we we were talking about the whole creator economy piece, and um, and I, I think some of the things you said was so interesting because you're in many ways that it it happened organically together. It's not like you became a content creator to build your business, or um, you didn't mean for your business to be like the platform for your content. Um, it just kind of happened in parallel tracks and then kind of started to work with each other um at which point for you was it that okay they're working together this is this is um while you know you were doing it naturally there must be a point where you say okay i need to organize this now. about four years ago four or five years ago because we started getting a lot of opportunities and someone is like oh you know we have a new show coming out on amazon and uh, puja can you do this for us and create a special you know and low 15 can create macaroons and we'll just buy a thousand boxes of macaroons and we'll give it to everybody and i was like oh this is great. Mm. I didn't see this this opening up as an opportunity. Mm. And then we're like, okay, let's kind of figure how we can do more of this and, and work towards this. Which then brings me to an interesting point because a, a lot of people who listen to this podcast you know, are, are either just kicking off their career or are somewhere midway through trying to kind of make a pivot, etc. Um, and you always assume because a business has, like if, if you have hospitality and F&B as the category, it means that that's pretty much like you need to, you need to be doing something in that, in like literally like you either have to be a chef or you have to, you know, work in that hospitality part. But with this, with these things converging, what are you seeing as roles that even as part of your team, which are really like scaling up, which, which someone says, okay, I love food. I'm very good at X. Yeah. I have this role for me. Oh, there's just so much, right? And that's what we, you know, I was, I was talking, I was on another panel uh, a few days ago and we were talking about jobs. Mm. How in the next 10 years, the whole industry and job market is going to change. And, you know, what is that going to evolve into? And I think just with the food business, right? Earlier, it was like you rightly said, it was just you could be a chef or you could be a restauranter. Now yeah. you can be a food stylist, you'll be a content creator, you'll be a, there's people who write only like, uh, 
<laughs> captions for Instagram. Like that's actually mm. a thing. Yeah. You know, like there's, yeah. there's just like so many different things within the food space as well. There's, you know, there's R&D, there's different things. I know so many of these, um, you know, great content creators who open their own studios and mm. now they're doing research there. They, you know, they have different kind of roles that they're hiring for, which didn't exist before, right? Like you have a recipe developer, developer for YouTube. Mm. Where did that ever happen? You just have to make yeah. recipes for for social media. So there's a lot. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, it's it's. Explain that role to me. What? So you basically are trying to say what recipes will work on YouTube is what exactly. you research. You research and see what is what is you know what is currently working. What uh, what can we come up with? What is easy? You analyze trends. YouTube gives you trend reports of what really works. You take that and then you just say, okay, how can I scale? How can I increase distribution, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's your role. Like it's great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Someone has to do it, right? If it's not the content creator doing it themselves. And, and I think that's a really exciting part. Right? As, as these worlds kind of converge together, there's so much you can kind of kind of do and, and, and kind of scale towards. So you need to have one core skill set. And then there's, if you have a basic understanding of an industry or just have genuine interest in the, in a certain industry, you can find a role for yourself um, and kind of do. Do you think that applies to you even starting Let's say a business focused on any area now. I mean, if you're just if I'm an entrepreneur today saying, okay, I'm not a chef, but I really want to do something around food. Um, I don't think I can be a restaurant. Um, what would you say I should kind of focus on if I want to build a business? I mean, there's so many of that, right? Like now there's so many different kind of there's consultations, there's cloud kitchens, there's there's a whole gamut of new things that people are doing. Uh, everything that's online, you're just aggregators, like there's so many things. So I don't think uh, just being a chef or, or being a restaurateur is, is is what is needed in the food space now. There's just, mm. and even food marketing has changed everything. You know, just you, you have so many different concepts that are delivery only and, you know, different things that are happening. So I don't think that there's one sort of box that fits all. But yeah, mm. I just met someone the other day who's only making dim sum, uh, momos, like one kind. Mm. And that's yeah. one person's only making ice cream. And and I I just feel like this is such a great opportunity and a great time where you know when I started Low Fifteen businesses were so traditional restaurants were perceived to be in a certain manner you know it it was like you have to have a a, a brick and mortar shop you have to have a menu that spans a hundred pages because you know we as Indians love everything and multi cuisine yeah, yeah. and that and I mean right now it's great you can do a restaurant that's only serving one kind of ice cream and you'll have take. Yeah. Right. So I think that it's it's a great time to be in this space. You can build your own Shopify website and, and get going like right away. You can sell merch, you can do everything. So I don't there's a, a limitation on what you can do. You know, talking about merch as well, like there's all this food merch that's available mm. out there. And it's yeah. it's really like, you know, like my little mug here, which says I just want cake and K-dramas. Like it just came out of, oh, you know, this is what I, I fe- I'm feeling right now. And I feel a lot of people are feeling the same. Yeah. And it was like super successful. And I just think that you have to take those risks and not wait around. And, you know, I think that's the main problem with most people who are like waiting because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm, and that was my problem also before I launched our package goods, right? Because yeah. I was like, everything needs to be perfect. It needs to be in order and the packaging needs to be great and the labels need to be this. And then the pandemic happened and you're like, you know what? Done is better than perfect. Let's just get yeah. going. The minute, you know, we'll keep uh, revising this as we go along. But the key thing is to just get started. And and the package push is, is interesting, right? Because you move, because sometimes, even though it's in, it's in a similar space, it's so different in how you have to go about it. And I remember trying the, the dip key for the first time. And I was like, okay, this is, 
because I'm not as much of a chai drinker anymore, but I enjoyed it as much. But I just thought that it was product innovation, but also it was just like fun to have. Uh, what did you learn doing that process? Not not just like you need to get it out there, but what, what did you learn as you almost switching spaces in, in the same space? Man, it's like, like you said, they are completely different worlds, right? Like I'm a trained pastry chef. I know how basic butter, sugar, flour, eggs work together. I know what will come out. I know how to make a delicious thing. That That's, you know, that I take for granted. But now suddenly I started working on all our products about four years ago. Um, mm. And I was working with like, you know, really top like R&D guys, Britannia, ex-Britannia, etc. And my mind was blown because I was just like, I know nothing, you know, <laughs> and just suddenly it was so humbling because I was like, oh, I know nothing of how anything works. I had to mm. unlearn everything I knew and start learning this whole new direction of product, of shelves, mm. of like, firstly, it's the whole product development. Then it's the business of, you know, this consumer package goes because you're like, oh, distribution works like this. Supply chain works like this. The shelf works like this. And you're like, wow, I had no idea all this happens. And I had to like, you know, teach myself and learn how to kind of cope with all of that. Yeah. And then finally, I was like, we, we narrowed down on product. We had everything that, because for me, it was like, I can't have something that doesn't taste as good as something as, that I would make fresh and serve someone, right? Mm. So that was always like, it has to be, we have to win on taste and we have to win on, on, on presentation. And while we got there, you know, I was still like dilly-dallying and saying, yes, no, we'll figure, we'll find this, we need this, that. Pandemic happened and you're like, get it on the shelf, just get it out, yeah. do whatever you have to do to get it out. So that, and to see how well it was received and that people loved it and, and people love a good story, you know, like as, mm. as well as, as the product itself. So I think it, it, for me, it was like a whole personal journey going through that whole back end, understanding how it works. And now I'm at, at the stage where I'm like, okay, now if I have to take this one and make it hundred, how do I go mm. from there? So it's, yeah. it's, it's been quite interesting. As you come closer to the end of every episode, I ask my guests a set of questions. They have not changed and I don't intend to ever have them change. The same set of questions have worked, but always the answers are more interesting than the questions. Um, the first one actually I should ask you because I, I'm trying to figure what you'll say. Um, what do you spend a lot of time doing outside of work and content creation that people would be like, what, one second, do you do, you spend a lot of time doing this? What is that this for you? Uh, I spend a lot of time mostly work um, no but I, I spend a lot of time learning new things mm. so I feel like that really drives me it could be anything it could be a sport it could be a guitar like a musical instrument it could be a language mm. it could be a goal that I set for myself so I do think that learning is important and it really like I said it it humbles you you're downplaying this so I will call <laughs> this one out uh, you give yourself a goal every year there's something that you will achieve uh, you have run a marathon uh, half, you have half half huh? Let's half marathon fair, fair enough half marathon uh, you have learned French and given a a speech talk. in front of five thousand French people. Yes, yeah, that's why that's why I mean downplaying it. Um, and you and I are supposed to stand up together. That was our I'm, goal for last I'm, year, which we did not do. I'm reading the book now, which is really good. Hmm. The book that you gifted me, but um, you know, I feel like all through last year, I kind of lost my funny bone. You know, hmm. I just feel like one of the things that happened to me is like I kind of because for the it was so everything was so heavy. Now, finally, I'm at a space where I'm laughing at everything. I'm like, everything's funny. Yeah. So I'll, I'll yeah. after Fuji, that's the next one. Yes. It's to, for everyone listening, there's a book called Humor Seriously. Um, it's, a, it's a fabulous book on like how humor can help you in everything in life, like work and everything else. And 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 I was telling Pooja about it. So I sent her the book and it's fabulous. It, it, it teaches you so many things that you would not assume. And, and for me, the base thing where the book had me was saying, we all assume that humor means you have to be funny. And the humor isn't that at all. I think that's a great place to start. Uh, so yes, stand-up will happen. Stand-up will happen um, yeah, eventually. Um, 
what can you put together in an instant uh like a dessert or like a party this is an open ended oh, question i can put together a lot of things in an instant yeah i can put together a holiday i can put together a dish i can put together a party i can uh start a business anything in an instant go tell amazing. me amazing amazing <laughs> nobody has given this multifaceted answer so far in 150 episodes everyone's come up with one uh Uh, oh no i wear so many different hats you tell me which one to pick from and i'll pick and do it um anything you've read watched or listened to that you'd recommend recently i know that you consume a lot of interesting content i do i love reading and i actually for a long time i've moved away from fiction i hmm. read a lot of non same yeah so um i'm currently reading uh, think again by adam grant which is really hmm. making me think it's amazing yeah so it's that whole learning and learning process right so i just think that it's it's great and um actually wait there's a book that i recently read which i just cried i don't know if people want to read it and cry after reading it but that was one of my like sort of i'm going to wait i'm going to pull out the name i don't yeah it's called tiny beautiful things by cheryl strayed and it's okay. it's basically about a columnist who talks who you know it's it's that journey and I, and every chapter will just make you cry so but it's really revealing so i i recommend reading it amazing um i'm actually finishing uh... Dave Grohl's autobiography. Oh, how is it? Yeah, uh, so nice, and it's so interesting. So, because I'm, I'm, I'm a person who likes to read. I, 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 there was a period I only read rock biographies and autobiographies for the longest time. Um, and but this one is great because it's not a traditional. You know, when you read something about a, a, a musician, you always believe it's going to be about debauchery and like, you no, know, everything else. This guy wasn't really into like drugs. He wasn't. It, it's such a lovely book because, and it's it's almost like tiny story chapters, but it's it's very nice. Like I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, especially when he he starts talking about um, like performing in the White House and George Bush says, "Hey, dude," and he's like, "What?" Did the president just call me dude? Like, stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, that's what I'm just finishing off right now. I'm trying to think of the last question for you. So the last question is always a play on the name. Um, why will X not die? I'm actually going to ask you. Okay, let me put it this way. Um, you there's a term I heard some time back, which is called um, living the multi-hyphen life. Um, Since so we all have hyphens in our bios, right? You know, it's, it's like you said, creator hyphen entrepreneur, etc. Um, you are multi-hyphenated in in the in the exact sense, right? Um, why do you think that multi-hyphen vein life will not die? I think all of us are multi-hyphenated. I don't think there's you know this who you are, who am I, and if you have one definitive answer, that's like really stopping growth. It's controlling who you can be, and I feel that that's something that I never want to do. Right? I always want to be whatever I need to be in that moment. So in that moment, if it's you know an entrepreneur that needs to run her business, or it's a chef who needs to create something, or a podcaster, whatever that is. um so i i just feel like and that's all of us right we just kind of forget that we wear all those different hats we do it at in our all our relationships right at between a brother sister mother all of those things mm-hmm. and i think we do it at work as well so i just feel like that's the approach i take because the minute i say if i define and say this with a one word answer and say this is it then i'll only ever be that where's and where's the growth and where's the fun there so amazing Thank you so much Pooja thanks for coming on the 150th episode of advertising is dead um fabulous is always chatting with you now this time on the record it's always off the, it's always off recording button but uh, i'm glad we could do this and and thanks for coming on the show thank you for having me if you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this head over to the ivm podcast website or app or where you get your podcast from and look at all the podcasts that ivm makes there's some really fun stuff there